Welcome to Park City Church. You're listening to our weekly message, where we hope you'll be inspired and encouraged to know and follow Jesus and welcome and serve others. Thank you for tuning in. It's really clear. We, if we're just, we just state it right from the outset, right? So the, the, the comparison Jesus makes, he's divine, the father's the gardener, we're the branches, the relationship of all those three things leads to fruit, right? Like life on the vine, fruit growing, right? If, 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 I were, if we were just going to front end this, in this conversation, sort of the central truth, the thing, you know, if there's a singular like theme I want to settle in our hearts and minds this morning, like it would, would be that, right? That, um, that the promise to bear fruit, right? If we're going to, the cliff notes, right? That the promise to bear fruit where the story ends in, in, in the imagery this morning, the promise to bear fruit begins by resting in, in Jesus and who he is. Right? That the, the, the promise of life and fruit and uh, a fruitful life, that that promise begins by resting in who Jesus is. If we were going to stretch that a little bit in, in, the, in, in terms of uh, expand it, right, uh, nuance it, we, we would say, right, that, that our obedience in this passage is a word that comes up, love, obey my command to love, love, love has been repeated in the, these chapters in John's gospel, that our obedience or, or our fruit finds its, its home and source, right, in, in uh, his care and his love for us. Right, that, that, our, that the fruit in our lives of, of stepping into love, of obeying the command to love, that it finds its home and its source in uh, Jesus' love and, and the gardener, the Father's care. Right? Uh, again, simply, right, the, the promise to bear fruit begins uh, by resting in who Jesus is, which has been the theme over and over and over, which is the gospel. Uh, but, but the the, the, the fact of the matter is that we tend to flip the two, right? We, we tend to front the bearing fruit bit, right? That is our job, our role. We, as we'll see in just a moment, we work really hard to bear the fruit and, and we, we want to front end uh, the result. But Jesus tells us through this image, again, right on the nose, right out front, all of that is a result of his work and not uh, our own. So we'll step into that, uh, I hope, together this morning in a way that Maybe I'm thinking more highly of myself than I ought, but in a way that will come to life for you. Uh, agreed? Will you join me? Will you join me on this quest? Um, so I was trying to think of, a, of, of an example in my life. I didn't have to think very hard, but of where I, I want to front end the fruit. And one readily came to mind uh, when it comes to uh, twin daughters who are eight, bedtime. And we're putting them to sleep at night, putting them to bed at night. And we go through seasons where that is a really smooth and the fruit of a peaceful night's rest is easily attainable. Uh, But we also go through seasons where that is a little bit more elusive, shall we say, right? And uh, and it's interesting, again, in those moments, right, where sleep uh, and the, and the, the peace that is needed to drift into sleep seem a bit out of reach for one or both or either of my children and perhaps my wife and maybe even me, right? Um, but, but I've noticed that I, I tend to have a habit in, in that moment, right? When, when, it, when it seems just out of reach and I'll, this, I'm being uh, transparent and vulnerable with you uh, this morning, that, I, that oftentimes I tend to match my eight-year-old's plea for love and security with uh, just go to sleep, right? Relax, 
just relax. There's nothing to be afraid of, right? I'm here. Your mom is here. We will take care of you. Why do we have to go through this charade every night, right? Just go to sleep. Ready? Slow down, breathe with me, relax, right? Count to 10. And, and, and you'll, you'll hear, I think, uh, which uh, you think I'm exaggerating, um, right? But, but really what, what that is in me is a, is a, is a pull to want to push the fruit to the front end, right? Just sleep. Like, when has that ever worked for you or, or me, right? Like when you can't sleep or I can't sleep, I'm like, all right, just go to sleep. One, two, three, I'll try harder, right? It, it doesn't work. That, that what, my, what my child needs in that moment, right, instead of me front-ending the fruit, what she needs, and I know this, and yet it seems so often inept at oftentimes providing it, what she needs is for me to, uh, to begin in the rest and security of a mother and father that she knows will be there if she can't, will be there when she wakes up, and will be there to just sort of let her know, right, that she is secure, that what she, what she needs for me to do is to, is to front end uh, who I am in the relationship rather than sort of push the, the fruit Honor. And, and I think, in a word, what she needs is grace, and I think that's what Jesus offers to us in this image, that, that we are prone to sort of want to front end the fruit, and Jesus says, nope, a fruitful life, and, and we'll look at what that is. A fruitful life begins, he says, by resting in the security of who I am, of my love for you and my work for you. So we'll step into the passage then as we we'll kind of take these thoughts in turn, right? And we'll start at the end. If, if you will, uh, this promise of bearing fruit in, in our reading this morning. Uh, perhaps like me, you're wondering, well, what, what does that mean? What does that mean, right? What, what do we walk? Oh, I don't know. I was going to make some cheesy joke about walking around with produce. I, I don't, I, we all know that's not what it means, right? But what, what does it mean uh, to bear fruit? I think in, in our passage, uh, if you're, as you look at it or if you go back and look at it this week, I, we don't get the, the, the really sort of specific list of things that we find in other places in Scripture. Like, like in Paul's writing, he tells us the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of a life lived in what God has done in Christ and now through his Spirit in us. And he lists it, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, self-control, right? Like the, he gives us a really clear list, right? You want to know what it looks like to bear fruit? These things will, will pop up in your in your life. We, we don't get that, but I do think we get sort of hints at it. Broad, like, brushstrokes, if you will. My kids were painting yesterday. I was not, but, uh, right, broad brushstrokes. We, we, we get the hint. I mean, we find the words love and joy in the passage. It ends with joy. I'm telling you all this, he says. I'm, I'm reminding you of who I am as the vine so that you will end up uh, full of, of joy and then love along the way, right? That you'll rest in my love. You'll, you'll be able to love one another. All of these words are there. So he's sort of painting this uh, kind of broadly. You know, we're not getting a bullet point list, but we're getting a sense of, of what, what, what does he mean? What does a fruitful life look like? Well, I think one place we see it here is love, right? Uh, specifically, he talks about loving e- each other which has been a theme in these final chapters of of John's gospel, this last conversation Jesus has with his disciples. In fact, just a chapter or two earlier, he's told them, this is the way that everyone will know that you are disciples. This will be the fruit of my work in your life by how you love each other. So right right off the bat, he gives us a really kind of clear sense here like that that we will grow in, in love. This will be fruit. And then, as we've said already, joy. And, and he's, he's clear here that it is a sort of deep, 
where it ends full, lasting joy that, uh, despite the context, seems to strengthen and uh, undergird your life. But there are a couple other things in here that I think are worth noting. Again, as you walk back through, you'll see kind of in the middle of the passage there, he talks about prayer. He says, you abide in me, I abide in you, live in my love, this, this pulling, them in, pulling us into who he is and what he's done. But then he says, as you do that, as my word is in you, then you, you, you'll begin to ask and uh, I, I will move. He talks about prayer, that one fruit of, uh, one fruit of resting in the love of Jesus is that his words and love begin to shape the way we pray. And, and that then changes the things we are praying for. And, and then finally, right, so we have like the obedience to love others, we have uh, joy, we have this, this nuance in, in, in prayer that the way we pray will change and, and the results of prayer will change. Uh, but then he, he kind of lands again in this sort of space, he talks about the glory of the Father. All of this will bring glory to the Father. People will be drawn into the love and goodness of God. Right, which goes back to John 13, right? That this is how they'll know you're my disciples, by love. And I'm giving you an example that you should do as I have done for you. This will be the, the fruit of a life changed and affected by God, which will draw people into, bring glory to uh, who he is. I, uh, some, some of you know we, we've been gardening a bit at home. I say we, we is generous, just has been gardening. I put stuff where she tells me and occasionally shovel things around and uh, try not to step on stuff when she's not, you know, looking. Not, not on purpose, but, um, but uh, we, uh, one, one of the places we've been going for help is the Johnson County Extension Office. Did you guys know this was a thing? Yeah, they'll like help you with stuff. And uh, I got a list of things I need to, to take to them regarding sort of the state of my property. But um, uh, they'll help you with stuff. And one of the things they'll help you with is, is gardening. And so she went with some questions and did some research. And uh, they made the observation, or rather she discovered through their instruction, that you can over-fertilize. You can over-fertilize. Uh, so this is going to transition us from sort of bearing fruit to how do we get there, right? Like what, if fruit doesn't come by us manufacturing it, it, it is a result of resting in his love. So she's chatting with them. They're like, yeah, you can over fertilize, right? So you can, you can, you can so uh, um, attempt to force your plants to bear fruit that you over fertilize and they'll grow beautifully. You'll get flowers and you'll get leaves, but you'll get no fruit, you won't get sort of the thing that you're aiming at. And it occurred to me, uh, sitting with this uh, moment in Jesus' instruction to us, that, man, how much of my life is spent sort of trying to manufacture righteousness, life, fruit, right? Working really hard to, to show that I have it, to, to prove that I can produce it, right? And, and I might have, you know, I, you might look at my life and be like, man, Matt and Jess, wow. Or uh, I'll pull you in, Jess. But, uh, you know, you'd you be like, man, just, uh, right? Like on exterior, beautiful leaves, lovely flowers, right? But, uh, but, but an absence, perhaps, of, of fruit. And that here Jesus is telling us that pulling you and me uh, to just want to manufacture it, sort of prove our metal, produce our own fruit, says it is empty. It's, it's, it's empty that, that, that a real fruit-bearing life 
right? The fruit of loving others in a way that they are drawn into God's love for them. The fruit of prayer in which the words and heart of Jesus find expression in what we pray. The, the fruit of joy, right? Regardless of circumstances that, that he says all of this doesn't come by anything that you manufacture and do. They come by abiding is the word as we see here, abiding in me, right? Which brings us to sort of the start, that, that, that uh, a life that bears fruit begins by resting in, in Jesus. And I think we see that here in the language that's repeated over and uh, over and over again. The word is abide or remain. It's the same language as like make your home, like be at, be at home. Uh, Jesus has used this language already. I think it was last week. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he, he talks about I'm going to prepare a place and the, the benefit of the value of that place he says so that you can be with me where I am I'm coming back to you that it's all about sort of making our home like with him near him and here he's saying that uh, a fruitful life begins by making our home with him and a couple of things happen there Uh, the first one I think is is the is the bit about pruning right pruning Jesus affirms you and me that the pruning shears are not yours or mine to wield, right? They, they are his, that the, the father is the one uh, who prunes. The father's the one who cuts away even healthy branches. I think I read this and oftentimes we think, well, he's just gonna get rid of the sin in my life. Well, that's not what he says. Jesus explicitly says, even the stuff in your life that is fruit bearing, I'm gonna cut it, I'm gonna prune it, and uh, you're gonna be even more fruitful. We have, we have a neighbor who feeds us, literally has brought us delicious food, part of our church here. Uh, Ryan, you may know him. Uh, but he also not only feeds us, equips us to feed ourselves, he gifts us with like seeds and plants. Right? He's a, he'll, he'll deny this, but he's an accomplished gardener. And uh, uh, he recently gave us a basil plant, right, basil. And we, he gave us one last year, and my, one of my kids would just like pick leaves off and like eat them, right? I'm like, all right, you know, this is great. Uh, but we planted it outside, and again, you know, it's spurring us into a hobby, I suppose, by us, I mean Jess. But she had done some more research. I should have just let you preach this sermon. Uh, but uh, like a basil plant, right, you got to prune it, which you guys, this is stuff we know, right? You got to prune it to make it grow, but it feels, uh, it just doesn't feel intuitive, like with a basil plant, you almost have to cut the top off to keep like a single shoot from just like growing. But that by cutting it off, it, it sort of opens it all up to, to light and grow so that it's, it's a fuller, more robust plant, right? That, that here Jesus tells us that that work, right? We're aiming at fruitfulness, all the things we've just described, that that work comes by resting, by trusting that you are in the care of the Father and that he is even now at this moment however you may perceive the circumstances of your life. He's pruning, he's cutting, he's working, uh, he's tending the soil, he's clipping back dead branches in this passage, but also uh, clipping, clipping back spaces to open you up to, to growth and life. And this isn't a kind of, you know, I thought, man, I can read this sometimes and be like, yeah, I'll be a minimalist, right? Uh, that would be the application, but that's not what he's saying. It's a kind of concrete, like God is at work in your life. He's at work cutting and shaping and, and, and moving uh, in you to cut away, right? That, that, that his word, Jesus says, he tells the disciples, my word is already, even what I've already spoken to you, it's already cleansing and shaping you. That here in, in this moment, right, what, what, what does it mean? I, I wondered, like for you and me, what's it mean to trust that God is pruning you, right? It, it, it is, in a sense, rather than trying to force the fruit yourself, 
to rest in him as the gardener is to know that all the brokenness and waywardness and success and accomplishment, that all of that is in the hands of the Father, right? Whose aim in your life, whose aim in your life is to produce something deeper, bigger, and broader, eternal even, right, as a gardener. So it's to trust that, that all of those things, ups, downs, success, all of it, that all the workings of your life, that God the Father is there cutting and pruning and at work. And sometimes I think that can be hard to accept or to remember. It can be hard to accept. Maybe we don't like it. Or it can seem like, how could that possibly be true? And yet Jesus says, I know, I know. You might not see fruit, but the work of producing fruit in your life starts by resting in in the care of my father, the gardener, but not just in his care, but also in my love for you. Over and over again in this passage, he says, abide in me, abide in my love, my love, abide, abide with me. Let my love uh, be in you, like abide with me even as I am abiding with you. And again, it's that imagery of resting, of of being at home uh, in what he's done. And I think like my kid at night, we read this and we want to be like, man, I'm, I'm going to rest so hard, right? Watch, watch me, right? Or, or like, I'm going to abide, 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 right? Like, look, look at how I'm abiding, right? These are all the things I do. And, and again, it is a command, right? Jesus does nudge his disciples. They'll be tempted to rest in all kinds of places. And he's telling them, no, rest in me. It is a command, but interestingly, I think it's important to remember that this command to abide and obey um, they, are, they are nestled deeply within a much bigger truth here that Jesus is divine and his father is the gardener. Right? That all that work, all that effort uh, that you might do, all of that, all that, 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 that move to want to abide in Christ, that all of that is, is nestled already within his work on your behalf and in your life. That the protagonist in this story, right, is not you or me. It's Jesus and his father, the gardener, his love and life and word, the context for everything in your life that you do in response to it, uh, in spite of it, right? That all of that happens within the context of Jesus as divine, his father as the gardener. And again, we want to invert it, right? And when we do, we, you know, I heard someone say, we, it's like we're taping fruit to dead branches, right? Look at this, right? <laughs> look, look, look at this. And Jesus says, uh, no, I really, the language I wanted to use was preening, uh, was preening, right? Like stop preening and trust the father's pruning. And uh, someone told me that was really cheesy and here I've gone and done it anyway. Uh, their silence rather told me it was cheesy, but, um, but I think it's a bit of the truth, right? We, we want to preen, look, man, look how fruitful I am or can be. Look, right? That's that rugged individualism. Look, look at, at the fruit I can produce with my life. And Jesus says, you don't have to do any of that. Give, give that up and trust that I'm the vine. My father is the gardener and he's a work in your life. I, I, I want to make one more observation as we close. Um, and I think context helps us. I was thinking about this, man, what, God, what does this even look like? Right? I, I spent all this time talking about it, but like, what's it mean to know you as the pruner, right? What's it mean to, to entrust you with the shears in my life and be okay with it? Like me now in Overland Park as a dad, as a pastor, uh, it's been a weird year, 
right? And, uh, to trust that God is bearing fruit uh, in, in my role as a pastor. Our life as a church over this last year has not been an easy in, endeavor, perhaps for you as well, right? God, what does it mean to trust that you're pruning and that, and that bearing fruit is, is yours? What's it mean for me to rest in your work when I, when I feel the need to, to make something happen? And, and I don't know what that is for you, but it occurs to me that context helps me a little bit here. As we, we made the observation last week that Jesus says this uh, in, in the upper room to his disciples. Right? They're literally getting ready to head out into the dark night, right? Full of uncertainty. Jesus has tried to tell them what's coming, and they are not ready for it. He's told them they're going to run, they're going to betray, they're going to hide, right? They, they are literally stepping out into confusion, defeat, Right? They're going to want to give up. They're going to actually like, kind of walk away and be like, well, maybe I should go back to what I was doing before. Just, I mean, well, can you blame them? They're like, this is over, right? Uh, they're, they're literally going to kind of walk away. They're going to feel like Jesus has left them, uh, come back, and then going to leave them again, <laughs> right? Like death, resurrection, and then he's, he's going to leave again. And they're like, what, what is this roller coaster ride? You know, they're, they're going to be all over the map, uh, headed into the night. And into that space where, where the question of fruit in their lives and the three years he's invested in them are going to be called into question, like, man, what has this all been about? They're going to be tempted to just, how, God, how could you possibly be at work here? In, in, into that confusion, he tells them, remember, I'm the vine. My father's the gardener. Yours is but to rest in me, right? Rest in me. Uh, in that sense, I wonder if it speaks a word of encouragement to you and me this morning. Whatever your year has held, whatever night perhaps you are headed into or feel like you are in the middle of, whatever confusion or uncertainty or questions you may have about the evidence of fruit in your life, where you're tempted to force the issue, to squeeze it out of yourself or someone else, like I need to see some fruit in you and you want to squeeze it out of someone else, where we're tempted into that place, much like the disciples, we hear Jesus say, it's okay, I'm divine, my father's the gardener, you can trust me. Uh, If I could take you back to our nighttime routine, Uh, you you know this already, but uh, many of you, we, 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 uh, one habit we have at night is to read a book aloud together. And uh, let's be honest, I'm doing it for me. Uh, The books generally have been real fun. And uh, most recently, every night, we've been reading a a, a book called uh, The Wing Feather Saga by a guy named Andrew Peterson. I have the Nakis to thank for, again, for this introduction. I don't know what I would be preaching were it not for your literary influence. But uh, uh, it's been a blast. It's been so fun. I'm telling you, like, dragons, singing dragons, mythical singing dragons, venomous, villainous, talking lizards, Uh, toothy cows, I know, you're like, what is that? I don't know, but they're scary. Uh, Horned hounds, you're thinking now, no wonder your kid can't sleep at night, right? (laughs) I know, right, but it's so good. Uh, Right, but, but wrapped up in that story, wrapped up in that story is also, man, we've come across like heroism, 
right? This, this sort of valiant sort of sacrificial love. There's been loss. Uh, there's been adventure. There's been quest. There's been dark. There's been uncertainty, right? Um, there's been joy. It's just been a wild ride. And we've only just started, right? We're like a book and a third uh, or a quarter into the series. We still got two and a half books to go, right? Like, it's just been so fun. A credit to the author, right? My kids, my eight-year-olds are like, Daddy, will you read? Daddy, will you read? <laughs> Middle of the day on a Saturday, right? Daddy, will you read to us? We're like, well, let's go out for ice cream tonight. And their response is, but will we have time to read when we get home? Like, I, I don't know. I've created the wrong impression with you. Your priorities are out of line, right? Will we have time to read tonight? Right? We, we read some stories that don't do that. They just don't do that. Uh, but when we, when we do, when we land on the stories that do, man, it's, just, it's something sort of intangible. Stories that are just a little different, the, the deeper, richer. Right? The kids don't know it. I don't even really know it. We can't really express it, but we feel it. Right? We feel it. And, and, you know, sometimes I, I try to make it explicit. Like, we were reading uh, this particular story, and, and uh, one of the characters, like, the, their grandfather was like, don't, don't let the kids do this. And the author was like, of course, you know, the young boys wanted to do it all the more. And my children stopped me, and they're like, we do that every, all the time. Anytime you tell us not to do something, it just makes us want to do it, right? And I was like, oh, 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 let's stop. That's original sin, right? Like, let me make this explicit for you, right? That's the law. But God in his grace meets us here and their eyes glass over. Right? It's because it, does, it doesn't work the same, right? I want to squeeze the fruit, but no, right? The invitation is a little bit different, right? The, 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 there is this, we're pulled into uh, this story that, again, it's hard to make explicit, but we, but we feel it. And what happens is when we land on a good one, it, it, it comes out the rest of the week. It starts to shape how they play, shapes what they draw. Uh, shapes conversation around the table. They'll make a, an, an illusion or association. Oh, this is like such and such character. It just starts to sort of fill and, and spill over uh, and out of their life. And I wonder, I wonder if Jesus saying, I am the vine. My father is the gardener. You're a branch. I, I wonder if that isn't Jesus trying to pull us into a different story. A story that starts to shape uh, how we receive love and how we give it. I wonder if it isn't Jesus saying, man, let me, just let me pull you here. Stay here. Abide in this story. Be at home here. Let me pull you into something richer and deeper. I know you're trying to manufacture fruit. I know you're throwing fertilizer at all the dead places in your life. I know you're trying to do all of that, but let me pull you into a different story. Rest here. Let this shape you. And as you do, it'll find its way out in your life in ways you and I did not anticipate or even know how to make explicit. That as we abide in his love, we stay connected to him as life, his father, as the one who cares and prunes and cuts in your life and mine. I, I can give up trying to force fruit out of others or myself. I rest in his love for me and know that he's the father who prunes the son who loves and that he's at work that fruit is his to produce not mine where do I feel that? man I, I've expressed already I feel it as a pastor I feel it as a parent when I'm tempted to want to force the issue with my children and Jesus invites me the work of fruit bearing is his mine is but to trust and rest 
in his love. And so we're, we're going to do that this, this morning. I, I'm going to invite you to stand with me. We're going to close with a song. Uh, I'm going to invite you to sing it as heartily and robustly as you've already done. A, a song that will pull us into the goodness of Jesus. We'll make explicit the invitation to rest in him. But before we do, uh, I'm going to ask you, you know, we, we've done it a time or two during this series. I'm just going to lead us in a prayer. I don't have words for you this morning, but I think we can handle it. All right. I want you to just, uh, you're going to make this prayer with me. I, I'm going to try to lead us, maybe give words to uh, perhaps what you may be thinking or feeling, which is presumptuous, I know. But, uh, but in response to that, I'm going to ask you to, to, to step into a prayer with me. So uh, I'll pray a little bit and end with the refrain, uh, we remember your promise, and then we'll all say together, I just want you to say, man, it is raining. Um, don't say that. Uh, uh, you'll say, I am the vine. And my father is the gardener, right? Just the words of Jesus. You, let's practice, right? So I'll pray a little bit, you know, uh, I'll pray a little bit. And then I'll, I'll remind you, right? We remember your promise. And then we'll say together, I am the vine. My father is the gardener, all right? One more time, right? So I'll pray a bit. And then uh, we, Jesus, we remember your promise. I am the vine. My father is the gardener. All right. So I'm going to lead us in prayer and invite you to bring whatever fruit or dead branch, uh, whatever space in your life you want to bring into this prayer. And as you bring it uh, to rest in what he's done. Jesus, we, we rest in the gracious promise that the work of life in our own hearts, in the lives of those around us, in our world, is yours. So uh, today, Jesus, where my life is dead branches and vain attempts perhaps to produce my own fruit I remember your promise here we go I am the vine and my father is the gardener Jesus when when prayer is hard or awkward when when words uh, seem to be stuck in my throat or lost in the noise of my life or bouncing off the ceiling or just uncomfortable and unfamiliar I remember that the work of life is yours. Your words are at work in me, and I rest in your promise. I am the vine. My Father is the gardener. Jesus, when we're exhausted from the effort of producing our own fruit, of forcing fruit from our often dead branches, or forcing it, uh, trying to force it out of others, tired in our effort, misguided perhaps in our definitions of a fruitful life. We remember that your love is the source of life and we rest again in your promise, I am the vine, my father is the gardener. When my love is feeble, perhaps my love for you, Jesus, cooled, my love for others exhausted, when the limits of my love are exposed, I'm reminded this morning that your love comes first and I rest again in your promise. I am the vine and my father is the gardener. Then finally, Jesus, when joy feels manufactured, something that I have to work up or something out of reach, perhaps something obstructed from view by the circumstances of my life or the burdens of my heart. I remember your love for me 
the gift of your joy, a joy at home in the love of the Father. And I rest again in your promise. I am the vine. My Father is the gardener. Thank you for listening to the Park City Church Podcast. To learn more about our church and or to find ways to get involved in our community, visit us at parkcitykc.com or follow us on social media at parkcitykc.com.